Daddy will be right there, sweetie. I gotta spark up Doobie first. Seriously, yeah. Hey, and welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, parenthood, publishing, and marriage. I'm Morgan Baden. With me is my husband and my co-host, Barry Laga. Hi. It's going to be a good show tonight. Really? I, I just have a feeling. It's in the air. Okay. Like, like Phil Collins said. I can feel it in the air tonight. That's such a good song, too. It is a great song. Yeah, it is. We just totally dated ourselves, too. Doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, doesn't matter. (laughs) So listen, while you were getting this podcast set up, I was scrolling through Instagram. Which is what I do. It's what you, yeah. Like Super Grover, it's what you do. (laughs) You can tell we're parents. Uh, (laughs) um, And, of course, in my scrolls, I came across a lot of pictures of kids. Right. And funnily enough, you and I both sent each other the same article that ran in New York in the New York Times this week. Yeah. About uh, how kids, mostly primarily teenagers, they they did a small study, are complaining about the things that their parents post about them on social media. Yes, and not only the things they post, but the things they they did post. Yeah, like previously. years ago. Yeah. 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 The article sort of walks through how. Um, when Facebook became the thing, those kids who were sort of, you know, pre-K back then are now teenagers. Right. And they still have these terrible, sometimes, uh, photos and memories that their parents are, are still sharing on Facebook and that, uh, you know, some of the kids were saying that their peers follow their parents on Instagram, which, A, I just think that's adorable. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, uh, our kid will follow, our kid's friends will follow us on Instagram. I don't know, whatever. But, <laughs> but Well, anyway. they might have a reason, though. I mean, we're writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, um, and this idea that, uh, you know, if you're a teenager today, one of the things you might have to worry about is, is your mom or dad posting something really embarrassing or inappropriate about you, right. either cu- from current days or from the past, that your friends can now find out about? Right. Um, and is that fair? So you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, of course. Yeah. So there are particular concerns that writers have, I think, when it comes to uh, posting photos of their children. Sure. Because... Uh, Writers are just more public personalities. So yeah, any I mean, celebrity. It's for any, yeah. any public person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's so interesting because I do follow a few celebrity celebrities, like actor celebrities on Instagram and other platforms. And a lot of them share photos of their kids. A lot don't. Yeah. But it is it does always strike me as like, do the kids know about that? You know? So, right. so anyway, so let's talk about this. So you and I have a policy. Yeah. Um, we don't talk much about our kid online. Uh if we do, it's sort of coded. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we also, I mean, we don't show photographs. No, I mean, I wanted to get to that. So, yeah. um, it's funny. So I'm much more active on Facebook than you are and I'm on Instagram and you're not right now. My Facebook is private, meaning friends only. I have to accept your friend request. Right. Uh, so I willingly share a lot of photos of the baby there. Right. But, um, never like I mean, she doesn't have any terrible stories. She's not even two, but, but you know, I I would not, I've seen, I've seen very strange things on websites like stfuparents.com where, um, you know, people post about what their kids did in the bathroom or when their daughter got her period. And, and that's all like really weird, inappropriate stuff, no matter what age someone is. Um, but I, but I do post a lot of photos of the baby. Certainly. Sure. Now on Instagram, I am public. 
And right. I made it a rule before she was born that I wasn't going to put her face anywhere on Instagram. Right. So, uh, and I took this cue from Sarah McLean because she is a kid and she does not show her face and she does instead these really nice artsy photos of her kid so that you still see it's a kid doing something cute, but you can't identify the kid. So that is the route that I take. Um, but I do remember a conversation you and I had where for months and months you thought that my Facebook was public. Well, you know, I, I don't know that. I don't remember if I thought it was public or if, uh, that I was concerned because I don't understand all the nitty gritty of Facebook's privacy policy. I don't because, think Facebook I was going to say, I, you just stepped on my oh, line. Sorry. Facebook doesn't understand their own goddamn privacy <laughs> policy. What I was concerned about was that your profile may be private, but would it be possible, not with malice, but purely by accident for mm-hmm. people who follow you to share those photos to the public? You know, oh, look at this cute picture of a baby. And they decide to share it on their wall or in their timeline. And suddenly it's a public thing and everybody in the world can see it. Which is the case with anyone. Like literally anyone could do that because someone could take a photo. We texted them or emailed them or that I shared on a private Facebook take a screen grab of it and upload it as a fresh yeah, thing. Of sure, course. Yeah. Sure. So, but again, I'm talking about, you know, well, not that's maliciously. With malice. Yeah. That's with malice. That's sort of, Oh, you know, they, you know, you know, it's not easy to do this, but I can figure a way to do it. Um, that's a whole different thing yeah. than, Oh, oops. I, right, yeah. I clicked on the, I clicked on share instead of like, and mm-hmm. now the entire universe sees this. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel it's funny cause my, my brother talked about this, you know, before I was a dad, he was a dad, and he he said once that he felt like his daughter had a right to privacy and to decide mm-hmm. when she didn't want to be private. Yeah. And so he did not post pictures of her. And I know that... But his wife does, so that's interesting. Well, no, th- this was years ago. This okay. is when she was younger. This is more applicable directly to what we are dealing with mm-hmm. now with Leia. You know, now my niece is much older, and I think... You know, she has an under, you know, there's more of an understanding of, of going on, oh, yeah. we're going to take a picture of you and people are going to be able to yeah. see it online and she's okay with that. So there's really two tracks of conversation here. One is just the sort of general privacy and safety of right. a child on social media. Yep. I feel like that's a different thing. What this article in particular talked about was, is it fair to a child to for a parent to be posting um, embarrassing, cute, sweet, whatever moments about their kid without the kid's permission. So one of the examples was, uh, apparently when one of the girls interviewed was, um, like in third or fourth grade, her mom made a YouTube channel for her to showcase her singing. Right. Nothing ever happened with the singing and they forgot, I guess, about the YouTube channel or whatever. And now the girl is in high school and a classmate, a classmate found it. And broadcast it to the cl- to the class or the school or whatever, and everyone made fun of her. Right. Which, first of all, that's just so stupid. But that's kids. But but it's a really good point, and it's something that I need to think about because a lot of um, you know, what a lot of parents do is like post funny conversations they've had with their kids, sure. and yeah. That 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 kid who who came back from the uh, dentist. What was that? Right. That thing that was Which huge was a few terrible. years ago. Like when that guy is like in college, he's uh. going to be getting from people about that and nobody needed to know about that yeah. like the, the the 30 seconds of amusement i got out of it is not worth whatever yeah. annoyance or pain or depression he's going to go through as a result of it yeah and i just can't imagine doing that and i have to admit when i read this article i was sort of sort of smugly self-satisfied at what a great job we do and then i realized we talk about her on this podcast uh, yeah. all the time yeah. <laughs> 
and we say stupid things she does <laughs> and cute things she does. But in a way, I'm going to be a hypocrite here. A podcast feels different because yeah. it's not as immediately accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, YouTube, it's you can type in, you know, the name of the kid and dentist yeah. video and it'll come up right away. With the podcast, even if you can find the episode we were talking about, yeah. you've got to go through a 30 to 40 minute episode, skim through it to find right. the exact line. It feels yeah. different yeah. somehow. Uh, you know, if in the future there is a technology that, that thin slices podcasts automatically by subject and trouble. puts them up on some equivalent of YouTube, then we're in trouble. But uh, no, but still, there's a, there are uh, talking hypothetically here because again, she's a baby. But in the future, when she does go through the challenges of childhood or teenagehood sure. or whatever, I don't plan on talking about those on social media. No, no, I'm not going to talk about. Potty training, right? Or, right. Or what did you say? Somebody talked about their kid's first period. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Man, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? But Come so on. I don't. Um, but I don't want to like judge parents who do that from I do. for a moment. No, because I'm thinking about. <laughs> you know, it really is true when you think about the first, in particular, the first few months of parenthood when you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" Right. Um, and it's 3 a.m. and you feel like the only person in the world who's awake as you sit with your baby, you know, like right. it can be, as we've said, very lonesome. Um, and social media is a lifeline there. And there's a, di- there's just a distinction between I'm a new parent who's using social media to maybe crowdsource some help that I right. need. Like the baby just threw up purple vomit. What should I do versus stop feeding the baby purple things? Yeah. Uh, you know, so like that's one thing versus when you have an eight year old who, I don't know. Start wetting the bed again. Right. Or shoves a marble up their nose. So like, like I did. So, so anyway, um, (laughs) so it was just a really interesting article, but you know, it is one of the things we always just have to sort of consider. And it is funny though. I will say with Instagram, because I want to, my kid is cute. I want to show off her cuteness, Yeah. but I really try to avoid her face. Um, and I will say it's it's been an interesting challenge because it makes me take photos in different ways, right. which is neat. I mean, I posted a picture on Twitter because uh, she had this, uh, sadly, she's grown out of it, but it was this adorable Supergirl onesie, right. which I just loved and I loved her in it. So I took a picture like from her chin down and, and posted it yeah. um, to show the world this adorable Supergirl onesie. But yeah, I wasn't going to show her face. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a difficult thing. I mean, all... It's such a cliche to say it, but all these technologies bring with them, you know, problems and complexities along with of course. A, a, tremendous advantages and yeah. conveniences. And it just, it's really, as a parent, it's difficult. But I mean, I feel, I feel like she has a right to privacy mm-hmm. until she's old enough to tell me she doesn't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm always going to err on the side of being conservative as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, if she gets to a point where she's like, I don't care, Dad, do whatever you want, then, <laughs> hey, we'll wallpaper the internet with pictures of our adorable kid. But until that point, I'm going to – I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, again, there's a middle ground here. There's there's a difference between parents who are posting about their kids' bathroom habits right. weekly versus parents who are just sharing really great photos oh, yeah. and videos occasionally. I mean, and I, you know, yeah. I tweeted the other day about 
you know, the epic tea party we had. Right. You know, Leia and so I had cute. a tea party and she just would not give me any tea. She was giving <laughs> tea. She would give tea to Elmo and to all the stuffed animals. And I would say, can daddy have tea? And she would give it to Elmo and the stuffed animals. And I kept asking for tea. And, and eventually it got to the point where I asked for tea and she literally slammed the teacup into my forehead and then ran away giggling, <laughs> which I translated as take your goddamn tea, old man. So, <laughs> yeah. I do just want to say that, uh, speaking of these tea parties, Leia's new thing is pretending, which yeah. has been so fun to watch. And she, uh, I mean, in a way, we sort of taught her to pretend with the tea party. Right. But um, now she stirs up the tea and she feeds it to her stuffed animals. And tonight before bed, she was drinking her milk and decided to feed her milk to um, the, st- the, the teddy bear, bear on the bed. Yeah. And it, very cute. Yeah. These, these are the very fun times. So, okay. Um, but I am curious to hear from other parents about how, um, especially parents of the older kids who've been around on Facebook or on Instagram for a while, do you have rules for yourself? And yeah. um, have your kids ever complained about something you've posted about them? I'd, I'd just like to hear those stories. So yeah. Let us know. Um, okay. So something interesting happened Friday night. I came home from work. Uh, and I was home alone. Yeah, this happens every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. Uh, and I will say, so Friday nights, you're usually um, at music class with the baby. Yes. And I don't know why it took me so long, but it took me most of this first session of music class for me to realize, like, hey, Morg, if you leave work hmm, five to ten minutes early on Fridays... That means you get to go home and have the house to yourself for like 20 minutes. Which never happens. Literally never happens. Never happens. And I was like, why have I not been doing this, this this entire time? Yeah. So truly the first time that I realized it was several weeks ago and I purposely left work a few minutes early and came on in and just turned on music and had a solo dance party. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended and you up wrote blogging. a great blog. About I, this. I, yeah, yeah. I ended up blogging about this last night because I did it again on Friday, even though you weren't at music class, you were out at the grocery store or whatever, but it just so happened that I had about 20 minutes again in the, in the house on Friday evening. Um, and it's like the perfect end of week release. <laughs> like, I, I'm I, glad. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the, the music class happens Friday evenings because that was the best time for me yeah and it's great that it's working out for you too i mean imagine if i was doing it you know thursday mornings right it would kind of suck for you you would never get this but i want to talk about the concept of being home alone yeah because when i said that to you like oh i'm literally never home alone anymore you said i'm not really either and i was like oh yeah yeah like just the way our child care is set up which is that you do three days and my mom does two days like but but you work from here, so right. when well, my mom even is if here, I, even if I didn't, your mom's here with the baby. Right, right, yeah. So I guess there are a, there are times throughout the week when my mom is here where she's here with her, and you, or she takes the baby out for a walk or yeah, whatever, yeah. and then you're here. But um, but that is something I guess that I just literally never thought of pre parenthood. Yeah. Of like, oh yeah, there will there will never be a time when you are home alone. <laughs> so. it, it's very strange, and especially. You know, for me, I mean, I was used to, for years, being home alone all day long. Mm -hmm. I mean, having the whole place to myself. You would go off to work, and I would get up whenever the hell I wanted to. God, those are the days. I would just get up, (laughs) and uh, I had the whole place to myself till you got home. And it was awesome. Yeah. And And now... Plus, you lived alone. Yeah, so, I like, alone you, you know, there was that. Too, I've sure. actually never lived alone. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I grew up in a house with four... Fifteen kids. No. There's four of us kids, two parents. 
always a dog or two. Um, and just a lot of extended family around. So, uh, so I, you know, having alone time has always been important to me because I enjoy the alone time. And I mean, you didn't even have alone time in the womb. I know. I know. But I guess that's why I value it so much. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so it is just, it's one of those like really funny things that where you're just suddenly like, oh yeah, I'm never home alone. And not that I'm like doing anything strange when I'm home alone. It's just, there's a freedom to that. Like, uh, you know, I can do literally whatever I want. I can turn the TV up as loud as I want, whatever. So, um, so it's funny. Do you feel like you, I mean, do you need more time alone at home is my question. I mean, after the baby came, maybe a couple of months after the baby came, there was a stretch of a couple of months where it seemed like every three weeks or so, you would get it in your head to go visit your sister. Okay. You, you would hop on a train with the baby yeah. and go I mean, I only did that twice, but that's it funny. It felt like you did it a few times. <laughs> And I ended up having entire weekends yeah. to myself those those couple times. And I felt like I sort of blew it. Like I wasted, like I didn't accomplish anything with that time. Mm-hmm. But I, for those like two days, I reverted back to pre-marriage Barry. Yeah. I stayed up till three in the morning. I got up at noon. I, you know, yeah. that's what I did. And I wasn't doing anything phenomenal with the time. I mean, I was playing video games and watching TV. But this goes back to these conversations we've had about the pressure to feel like you are always right. doing something important right. when you have a baby. Like, right. because if you're not with the baby, then every other moment of your time should be accomplishing something right. rather than just chilling out. Yeah. I mean, th- those were pretty cool times. Um, <laughs> feel free to go visit your sister anytime you want. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's very strange, you know, that, yeah, I, I don't generally get, time to myself. In fact, when you just said that, I thought, oh no, the other night you and your sister took your mother out to dinner. I thought, oh, I had hours. By my-. And then I'm like, no, the no. baby was here. She was asleep, yeah, but, but she was still, here. I yeah. couldn't, you know, I couldn't throw a party or anything. Yeah. Um, and I was on duty. I was on the clock. Yeah. You know, I couldn't just get wasted in the corner. As you do. As I so frequently <laughs> do all the time. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a little weird. I mean, I feel like, I feel like quote unquote alone time these days is more likely to happen for me when I have to travel yeah. for something. And yeah. then I have a hotel room to yeah. myself yeah. and that feels incredibly luxurious. Listen, I, those two trips I took to Orlando in January, yeah, I, like no lie. The reason I was, it was amazing having VIP access to Harry Potter wizarding world, but really I went because it meant I was going to be alone in a hotel room for two nights. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a luxury. It's, it, it is an incredible luxury. You can watch whatever you want on TV. Again, like you say, you can turn it up as loud as you want. Uh, you know, get yourself some room service, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sleep as long sleep. as you want, yep. you know, whatever. It's, it's great. It's yeah. great. Okay, so something else um, I read this week that I haven't brought up to you yet. Uh Uh-oh. And partly because I don't want to feel like a a judgy McJudgerson when I say this, but but there was one aspect of it that I want to talk about, which was Jezebel had an article written by, um, I think it it was a woman. I can't remember. We'll put a link in the notes. Do they let men write for Jezebel? Uh Uh-huh. About basically saying how now that she's a parent, she finds herself needing to smoke pot so that she can (laughs) relax and have more fun with her kids. I think that was the gist of it, but I might be conflating some of the common threads that I was reading, but there was something that jumped out at me that I want to talk about, which was 
um, someone said in the comments that uh, the problem that they had with parenthood in the beginning was that they don't know how to let go and play. Like, that they're just not that kind of person. And so doing some sort of recreational drugs, uh, let them let them do that. Okay? So they thought it was a, a net benefit, right? Because, like... Daddy will be right there, sweetie. I got to spark up doobie first. <laughs> seriously, yeah. But I started thinking, and seriously, all judgment aside, I I don't like drugs. Um, alcohol is my drug of choice and always has been. <laughs> but... Um, and salt. Doritos are your drug of choice. <laughs> That's true. No, but um, I remember very vividly, you get all this information before you're a parent about how important it is to talk constantly to your baby, right? To keep up this running dialogue, even when you have nothing to say. Yeah. I remember so vividly there being times when I was like changing her diaper or doing whatever, and I was silent because I just didn't have anything to say. And in my head, I'm screaming at myself, Say something, anything. <laughs> you just have to say anything. It was like Ross in the like episode. Ross like friend, literally, yeah. say any word right now. I haven't had sex in a very, very long time. <laughs> anything but that. <laughs> Which I could have said. That was accurate when I could have said oh, that to the baby. <laughs> we're saving that for a very special episode. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, anyway, so so I just remember that very vividly, like that moment, um, and then. Fast forward a few months when Leia became someone who you could actually like play with, you know, sit on the floor and play things with, which obviously you can still do now. And it's super fun. Um, I'm not a silly person. Like even growing up, I was not silly. Like I love to laugh. I like to have fun, but, uh, I've never been into like silly games or, um, I don't know. Like I, I've always been more reserved than not, I guess. And I think when you're a parent of a toddler, you have to overcome that somehow because it's really important to get on the floor and play make-believe with your kid. And it can be hard if you don't know how to do that. And like, uh, you love your kid, you adore your kid, but you just don't know how to play. And it's just, so I I really empathize with the person in the comments saying that. Um, I'm not condoning their, their chosen solution there, but, but I, but I empathize with it because again, like, it's something I had to learn, but what I am getting at here is that learning it has made me a better person, I think. So I'm glad that I didn't know how to play and that I had to overcome that. Oh. What do you think about that? Wow. Is this just your way of saying you want to move to Colorado for the edibles? <laughs> Not even a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> just I'm just making sure. I'm just checking. Um yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I mean, I get that too, where I get these stretches where I'm, I'm changing her diaper or something, and I realize, oh, I haven't said anything to her like the whole time, <laughs> you know. And she's just kind of sitting there looking at me, sort of expectantly, yeah. like, got anything, Dad? I don't worry about this now. Yeah. To be clear, it's just in the beginning when you're constantly on alert for like, what am I doing wrong? What right. should I be doing sure, now? Sure. It was just always in my head of like, talk, talk, talk. It, it is. It is very strange though, because you know. I, 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 you know, I, I feel pretty confident in my multitasking skills now with, with the yeah. baby. So I can be changing her diaper while, you know, figuring out a line of dialogue in my head. Yeah. Oh, and, nice. and, and which is great until you realize, oh, I haven't spoken in five minutes. Yeah, and she's yeah. like sitting there going, why so quiet, dad? Yeah. I uh, know someone who fired their nanny because the nanny cam showed them that the perfectly talking. loving, attentive nanny did not talk. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, 
it's funny. I remember when, you know, bringing up Bebe. Sorry to go back <laughs> to that, listeners. But I remember there's a point in there where she's talking about uh, a, a visit to the States mm-hmm. where she was back in the States for some reason. And she was at a playground with her kid and she was near a dad who was playing with his kid and the dad was narrating everything they were doing. Yeah. Now we're going up the stairs. Yeah. Now we're going uh-huh. down the slide. And I thought, oh, this is this is a really cool moment. And instead she was like, and I realized how stupid that was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. And <laughs> except you are. Except you are. Except, yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's just one of those things where there, there doesn't seem to be any real answer to no, it. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, the research is there. Talking to your baby is important. Right. Obviously. Um, but I think her point in the book was that, you know, there's this like constant pressure to be the perfect parent here in America that doesn't exist in France. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little silly to like, hear someone walking down the street pointing out every aunt they see on the sidewalk to well, the kid. And, and I used to do that when she was really little. And I, and I would wear her. Yeah. In fact, I remember one time I was at the post office and I was wearing her and I was standing in line and I was sort of saying to her, okay, you know, now we're going to mail a letter and then we're going to go to the store and then we're going to do this. Uh-huh. And then we, and, uh, and there was a woman behind me and I, and then I turned a little bit for some reason and the woman goes, Oh, there's a baby. Thank God. She thought I was standing there talking, talking to, to myself yourself. in a very, you know, babyfied way. And uh, so she was she was grateful to see that there was a baby involved in this That's whole funny. thing. Um, but seriously, do you feel like you have become more playful since having a toddler? I mean, I have to be honest with you. The first time you set up a tea party. Yeah. I was like, oh God, no. Because I look, 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 real talk here. Dad of the year. If there is if there is any symbol of the hopefully outdated, discarded notion of gendered play, it is the tea (laughs) tea party, party. right? Right? Um, and I will do anything for my kid, but as Meatloaf said, I won't do that. (laughs) And I was just thinking, how long can I avoid the tea party? Wow. Like like this is nothing I want to do. This does not interest me in the slight. Like I will play cops and robbers or lightsabers with her till the end of time. I will play superheroes with her forever. I will do, I will, you know, play Barbies with her, whatever. But I'm like, uh, just tea parties. I've never understood the point of tea parties. I have to say we had a very special tea party tradition growing up. Okay. Which was, um, just to say it quickly, my aunt Lisa was, she's my mom's younger sister. And so when we were little, she was like our cool big sister, right. but she was our aunt. And she, we would only have tea parties with her. And she like was very extravagant with her right. pretend play. And it was so, and I have such good memories. So I want, I want Leigh to have those memories. So anyway, as I was saying, I did not want to be any part of this. And then the first <laughs> time, the first time I did it, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, it's just so much, she's clearly having so much fun Yeah, and it's, you just, yeah, the, the instant. It's just one of those things where, where when it's your kid, there's these things that you think are going to bother you. Yeah. Probably because if anybody else's kid tried to get me to play tea party, I'd want to shoot myself. <laughs> you know. But with your kid, it's different. And you know, it's like the first time I changed a poopy diaper. Yeah. And well, the I, first time you clean their spit up. Or yeah. Their and whatever. Like, like, and, and it's all fine. It's yeah. like, what? Oh, it's poop. Who cares? Yeah. I remember once when my twin sister was over and we were playing on the, the mat with the baby, and she was probably only like six or eight months old at this point, so she's pretty static, you know. Yeah. And she spit up a teeny tiny bit. Yeah. My sister was literally like about to vomit herself, and she was like, <laughs> "No, get it away from me!" And I was like. <laughs> 
really? I was like, I would lick this up at this point. That's how like little it bothers me. That's how little me. it bothers you. Yeah. It was just really funny. I remember, I remember taking my niece to the emergency room when she was very young. My brother was out of town and my sister-in-law called me and was like, oh my God, you got to come over and help. Oh, wow. The baby is really sick and she's running a fever. So we took her to the emergency room and, uh, and, and we're waiting for the doctor to come in and she just <gasps> threw up, just projectile vomited over my sister-in-law's shoulder and like splattered all over my shoes. And I just remember thinking, I'm done. I'm done. And I said to my mother later, I said, I don't understand how we survived as a species because like the first caveman when, when a kid threw up on him would have just been like, I'm done and walked away. And, uh, but again, when it's your kid, <laughs> it's totally, it's different. totally different. Yeah. But yeah, in that moment, I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> to this day? When I say to my niece, you know, you threw up on me once. She's like, I did. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so no, I, I, I have not minded the tea party. Of at all. Not, yeah. I mean, it's fun. Well, it's also just... fun to put, like, the most random assortment of stuffed animals oh, around sure. you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wish that she would let me have some tea. <laughs> but, uh, but apparently I am not deserving. You have to earn your tea. I guess, man, you would think keeping her alive during the day while you're at work would qualify, <laughs> but I guess not. Let's do a writing update. It's a big week for writing updates. It's a big week for writing updates. So I am, I'm going to start. Yeah, Why not? It's my week for the podcast. I'm just going to dive right just in here. dive right in. Just um, pretend I'm not here. I do that anyway. I know. Or, no. I have to stop, like, cutting you down in this podcast. They're really I, lame jokes anyway. People won't know what, how to deal I if know. you do that. They'll wonder if something's wrong. <laughs> so uh, I think I finished my revision. I'll be the judge of that. You will, because I sent it to you and you are now currently reading it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I finished my revision and I'm g- have just yeah. given it to you to we look at. We are just swapping right yeah. now, which is really exciting. It is. I can't wait to read your revision. Um, but I will say it's been very funny with this revision. Uh, I started working on it, I think, uh, I got the R&R in December. And um, for those who don't remember, an R&R is not rest and relaxation, but... Revise and resubmit. Yes. Uh, which is an, it's an exciting email to get. It's a um, hell of a lot better than, uh, no thanks or you yeah, suck. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here before yeah. and I tell myself that. So you don't really get your hopes up too much, but, um, and then in January I got another R and R from a different agent. So, uh, with the holidays, I didn't really start it until January. So it, it's, and it's March now it's mid March and it feels like it's been a long, a long road here. Yeah. Um, but you know, in previous manuscripts, when I've either finished them or finished a big revision, I felt this sort of emotional uh, something overcoming me. And I did not feel that way at all with this, which huh. I feel like is progress. I don't know yeah, why, probably. but I was just like, okay, done. Here you go. So right. anyway, so we'll see. So thank you for reading it. Yeah, I know. You're welcome. And thank you for reading mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I finished... Sort of finished. I know there's a, a section that I need to look at closely, but I just ran out of energy. Um, and I decided that I wanted to give myself a few days off before I looked at it again, because I want to look at it one more time before mm. I give it to my editor. Yeah. And I've got, I've, I've got another week before I have to give it to her. So I decided I would take a few days off and then look at it again and especially look at that one section. And you were kind enough to say, in the meantime, why don't I look at it? So... Uh, I love the book. I so, want to look at it. So you will look at that, and that'll be cool. Great. And then, uh, and then we'll see what happens. And then I will be able to work on the uh, this the other book, the non fantasy novel, um, 
and uh, see which one I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna do. I'll yeah. have the the two at that point. Cool. So that's that's where I am. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to recommended reading. Yes. I, I've heard through the grapevine some exciting news, which is that you're actually reading something. Well, I had read something last week that, <laughs> that you mocked, but I'd still read it. <laughs> that's right, the James and, Garner book. Yeah, I'm glad you remember. <laughs> I'm very pleased. So. Um, one day you're going to read it and it's going to change your life. You're going to be like, how have I gone my whole life without reading this book? I'm a different person now. Doubtful. Uh, um, yeah, I'm reading uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, Steelheart. Okay. It's the first book in a series. We will see how much I enjoy it. Is it adult? What reading. is it? It's y- I, it feels like YA. Okay. It's, uh, I'm very early in it. Uh, it starts with a kid who's very young and then flashes forward several years. So he's a teenager. So, yeah, it's, it's YA. But it's a world in which there are super-powered villains, but no good guys. Ah. Only the bad guys have superpowers. Wow. So imagine living in that world. Yeah. Um, so that so it's really interesting, and I enjoy his writing. I, I've read him before, um, and uh, this was one of the books recommended to me by our listeners. Great. Thank you, folks. There were uh, – I pulled aside five of them that I'm definitely going to read, and I chose to start with this one for the very simple and profound reason that it was the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> I had them all. I read the samples. I'm like, great. These are all great books. These all look really good. I'm going to read all of them. Which one am I going to do first? Wow, that one's $12.99. That one's $14. Hey, this one's $7.99. I'm going to start with that one. It's a ridiculous false economy because I'm going to buy them all anyway. But maybe they'll go on sale in the, in the interim. In the interim. So, yeah, so I decided to uh, to read this one first nice. for, that, for that most profound of reasons. So there you go. What cool. are you reading? Uh, I just started Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Ah. She of Eat, Pray, Love fame, uh, which I've actually never read. Never heard of it. <laughs> I've never read anything of hers, but I, I read some good reviews about this book. And as you may deduce from last week's reading of Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, I'm in the mood for some things that are in, to, to inspire me. Yeah. And to sort of get me out of this uh, this rut that I feel like I've been in this winter. So, um so I just started reading this a couple of days ago, and what's funny is, uh, almost immediately, some some things that she says reminded me of some of my friends, some of my close girlfriends. So I uh, texted them all the other morning and said, "Guys, I'm reading Big Magic. Here's a quote from it. It just made me think of all you, all of you. Like, have a great day." And what my best friend from college wrote back and said, uh, "I'm in the middle of this too. That's really weird. And I've been huh. thinking of you guys the whole time. So it was That's very cool. cute. Yeah. That's cool. um, anyway, so yeah, so." just started that so looking forward to seeing how it goes cool yeah all right well we are out of time no say it ain't so i i just said it oh okay (laughs) so thank you so much for listening everyone find us at writinginreallife.com and on twitter at w-i-r-l podcast and don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there give us a rating we hope you have a great week thanks everyone thanks